0: Podcast Midweek. The Midweek Muscle Podcast starts now.
1: Hey everybody, this is Jay-Z bringing you your dose of the Midweek Muscle. And as promised, I said that I would bring you guys an interview. And I am sitting in the presence of someone whom I admire for the things that they do. And someone who has really uh I just think they're very brave, Um, but I don't want to give this person away. I want to give this person the opportunity to introduce themselves so that way we can jump right in. So hello, guest. Hi. Tell us who you are. What's your name? Uh,
0: My name is Edmund Miracle. Um, I am a painter, a teacher uh, at a university and at a high school.
1: Awesome. So you took those questions just right up out of my, my my mouth. So thank you. Edmund, like, okay, so since you told us what you do, like, you basically wear very many hats. So you're an educator um, for, you said, high school and college? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you deal with people on a broad range of ages, come from different walks of life, different backgrounds. Yeah. And so, like, you know, what's, what's the biggest part for you as an educator? Like, what is your biggest challenge while you're working with the kids or the students even? Uh,
0: I think the biggest challenge is with both classes um, somehow making a, con- a connection from the past to the present. So whether that be through painting or drawing or um, current artists that are working today.
1: Where, where do you feel like... You're clearly passionate about art, yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so what made you feel like you wanted to do that? Like, be an educator of art history and just exposing other people to art. Like, what what is that for you?
0: Well, I think that uh, because I do think of myself as an artist first and educator second. Um, so I'm constantly... In my own studio, in my own space, doing my own thing all the time. But um, I think that there is there is a good connection between students and whoever the professor or teacher may be, in terms of the energy level. Because when you're a artist of any kind, you know you're constantly listening to your own voice, your own thoughts, your own ideas, and then you have you know 15 other voices now talking to you about well, maybe this is like this or that it's not to say that anyone's taking any of those students' ideas, but it's almost as if you're a, a vampire. Like, you get to feed off of those students, like, new energy, the same energy that you used to have. I
1: want to suck your blood. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's true. It, it, you, get, you get sucked into how much energy they have because they just found something that you found 10 years ago. And everybody... I think feeds off of that.
1: Sometimes I feel like that for me too, like, right. Like what is something new that I can say, or what is a concept that I can say that isn't really original. Right. But it's like, how can I, how can I reintroduce it and still make it meaningful or still make it exciting? And I think that's the biggest thing, right? Right. Being exciting. So question like as an artist, are you always, is it always about energy for you as an artist?
0: I think that the, the energy comes along with the uh, process as well. So just working has been a, a major factor in my life in terms of being an artist. How do I keep just pushing forward, forward, like growing each time or, or taking that idea of what success may be to me and trying to somehow just trust that if I keep working, I keep showing up that that that's the day something's going to happen
1: interesting how does doing what you're doing now and and still managing your artistry keep you motivated
0: well I think at a certain point you just get bitten with this idea that that this is what I want to do and, mm-hmm. and so it, it the, at, at a Point. There is no turning back. Like (laughs) you can't. You
1: can't turn back now. (laughs) Yeah. This this is the this
0: is the path you're on, and and this is this is what it's going to be. And you and I I like the fact that it's it's unwritten in a sense. Like I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know that every day is going to be this way. Like I think that it sometimes can be stressful to be an adjunct um, because you don't know from semester to semester, how many classes you're going to have, like where you're going to be teaching, yeah. but, but there's also some level of like freedom in that, and, and that you don't have to do the same thing every day, and then the students aren't the same students every year, yeah. and so it, there is levels of excitement to this that are kind of like underneath of the other things that get in the way, Sure. Um, so things are different from year to year, and it's never the same.
1: And so that's what keeps you motivated, huh? The, the idea yeah, the, that things are... So the switching.
0: variety yeah. sometimes in terms of being a teacher keeps you motivated. Because at a certain point you do hit those walls where you have to tell people the same thing. You have to repeat yourself a lot. Um, and then sometimes it's like laying traps. Like trying to... Trying, <laughs> gotcha! Yeah! You, you gotta... You gotta <laughs> You got to get the students to get somehow in the mindset that you do know what you're talking about. You have to build that level of respect. And that's really hard, especially when you're dealing with teenagers. Everybody, oh, you're both teenagers. Don't I know. Oh, don't so. I?
1: You have to get that buy in. You have to get that buy in. That's what I call it. Like, you know, you have to yeah. get that point with them to where one, they trust you, and they respect you for what you do. And then ultimately you can start creating and and getting good energy back and forth.
0: And that usually doesn't happen in the classroom until that moment when the student sees that that little shining light of like, wow, this could be really good. And then all of a sudden it's kind of like, uh, you just open the floodgates, and then they hang on every word you say, which can also be a negative as well. But you kind of ride that way for a while, just like trying to just take them along on this like uh, journey through like some of these paintings, some of these artists that you think that are important, and then whatever they get from that, they get from that. But I think it's it's definitely a hard a hard sell in the beginning. Like how do you how do you get them to trust whatever you're doing is something that they can do, or just if they believe that it's good, which could mean many, many things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, and you should see the glow in your eye right now as you're talking about your students and them catching that that glimpse of, ding, oh my gosh, I can. Like, that's almost like, it's not just you. At that moment, it's not just you being a teacher and seeing a student. Like, you are literally birthing the evolution of that student or that person. So I like, even in that of, in and of itself, it's like, wow wow moment
0: yeah and I I have got the chance to experience that a few times with people who are really invested in in whatever they want to do and speaking about the high school kids coming you know from all different backgrounds and then trying oh, yeah. to to get the funds right
1: mm-hmm. to
0: do that is also something that was important for them but there's been plenty of moments where they all of a sudden just see the light like the bulb comes on they're like ready for it then like and there's there's joy that comes out of seeing the students like just be able to accomplish something that they had no idea that they could get to
1: that is awesome and you said it the key word there is joy like that would not happen if you weren't committed to your process
0: yeah
1: i'm gonna put a pin in that for right now because i really want to go back to that you talked about this whole idea of work Let's rewind a little bit tell us what, what was your first job
0: <laughs> my first my <laughs> first job was not not related to art at all I was um, when I was younger my first job was a summer uh, putting up tents for graduation parties like golf ceremonies or something like
1: that. Putting up tents. Yeah, like
0: industrial, like huge tents. Like, like big you know. poles and yeah. you had to like screw those things yeah, in. Yeah, like 20-foot like telephone poles.
1: That's not like, that's not, the, you don't consider that a form of art? because <laughs> <laughs> You're like not quite. <laughs> You're like nothing close. Awesome. So like... What did that teach you? Like, that first job, did that teach you anything? Or was it just something to get by? Like, what what did you see your first job as? Like, was that a stepping stone that you had to take?
0: I don't think that I, I look back at that as, as anything, really. I think it was just something that I, I had to do. And I think there's other jobs that probably play more into where I'm at now in terms of understanding or teaching you some kind of humility about, like, what other people do and just because they do that job doesn't mean that's who they are
1: this the stage is yours go for it (laughs) give Uh, us a sample of what one of those jobs may have been
0: i think i think as many many artists can tell you that you know that are working they, they didn't just fall into it and they're you know selling work or it just happened for them so there's a lot of odd jobs you do so I've had my fair share of odd jobs, from working in all sorts of like food industry to uh, stamping plants, manufacturing, um, catering businesses. Um, the list keeps going on. The, I think the biggest one was when I had to be a, a night shift security guard. That had to be <laughs> the word. Like that. That's a that's a an odd job to have. In third shift just by yourself.
1: Tough guy, huh? Tough guy status. Yeah. (laughs) Chasing people down. Flash.
0: I think more than anything, it was more like just understanding, like, like people doing that are just, just trying to just get by like anybody else. So
1: you mentioned a couple things about, you know, certain jobs, teaching you humility, um, and then certain jobs, even having that impact on you for how do you keep pushing and how do you keep going and, you know, to where success in your mind Mm -hmm. is.
0: Well, I think, I think that that's important right there, just because I can remember being the security guard and wanting to be where I'm at now. And now I'm here and I'm definitely like, well, now I want a little bit more of something else. Like I, I want this now. And so I have to constantly remind myself that, you know, five years ago, Like, I would have just been, like, given anything to be where I'm at currently. And sometimes you just get in that, like, mindset, just, oh, I take this for granted right now. Like, you know?
1: Mm, I mean, I think that's easy to, like, where we are and in our current disposition, like, some things that we wish were better, wish were different, like, sometimes we take that for granted. Um, and, And, like, as I've had the opportunity to work with you in certain capacities, like, we see, like, the level of blessings that we currently have with the work that we do with other people sometimes. And, uh, but moreover, you know, you talked about, I wanted to be where I am now five years ago. So where were you then?
0: Uh, five years ago, I just graduated, uh, grad school. I was, uh, kind of lost. I was <laughs> just, just trying to figure it out. Like I had this belief that when I graduated, uh, with my master's that, all of a sudden I was just going to get a job and people were going to be like all over me like oh I want you to teach here but in reality that didn't happen so I had to just start you know taking jobs that I could and just slowly slowly getting that kind of experience and I think as an artist you you definitely make choices in terms of do you want to make work to sell do you want to make work that is important to you can you combine those two
1: you said something very important and I think that's the student paradigm once you graduate with this great degree or once you graduate with something that should warrant accomplishment and then you take that into like life or you know the working reality and find out that you've Maybe not falling short, but not doing the thing that you set out to get your degree in, and you know it's almost like a gut punch, even because there's so many choices that stem around. Yeah. I, I, what? What now? The yeah. what now moment, right? Yeah, I,
0: I feel that. I feel that all the time. I think that speaking about before, about once you get to where you think you need to be, you're always going to be looking for that other horizon, and I think that you know tomorrow, if I had all of the things that I want right now. I know that I would still be be painting though. I think that that kind of has been in a sense like my port in the storm ever since grad school, like moving from Ohio to Massachusetts was a really big deal for me. And I think painting has always just been like that thing that I always go back to and it's it's just there. like So it's easy for me to trust that process. It's easy for me to paint. It's easy for me to spend countless hours doing this because I always feel, even if nothing is working, I'm still getting something out of it.
1: I have my vision on, you know, I think art in and of itself, because you said it's all about energy. Art in itself is therapy, right? Um, Art in and of itself is what I call peaceful production Um, because art, in and of itself is also a form of coping. Um, has your art or the delivery of your art, because you do amazing work, has it ever been a source of coping for you?
0: Um, I, and the only way that I think that it could be coping for me is the fact that I, it's always there. Like it's a thing that it's almost a ritual, and I feel like when I don't have painting, in a sense, like there's something like a, a void in my life. For example, like I, I have a, a body of work that's up currently, mm-hmm. and I have this huge mental block of like, well, what am I supposed to do? If somebody gets something out of my work, that's great, but I don't think that that's really for me. I have a certain feeling, and I feel like that's between just me and the painting.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: if, if anybody else wants to add anything to that in their own way, and... Think of something that they get from it. That's great too.
1: I think that's the biggest thing about humility in artistry, right? Uh, and you can definitely tell that's sincere because you're leaving the interpretation up to the receiver. You're not giving the reasons behind, or you're not you're not putting someone at a predisposal to. Interpret your art like this was built this way. This is what the colors mean. This is what it means to me. You're just leaving that up to interpretation, and I, there's definitely humility in that, even. Yeah,
0: because so. the, the current work is all uh, image of a shark, and for me, it's always been more about a formal idea of where do I place.
1: You're talking about your current like art show exhibit right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, real deal over here. <laughs> Oh, let me not boast that I have an art show right now. Like, all right, cool. Like, yeah, let's go for it. So the current images are what?
0: the The current images are of of uh, a shark. But I I keep coming back to this idea that the shark is important, and I I've struggled with this for a long time in terms of I want to tell everybody that it doesn't matter. It could have been a stone or a tree limb or whatever the shape may be in terms of just storytelling based on just what your experience yeah so So
1: like an experience could be traumatic for me and so i channel back to that place or if an experience with sharks is you know if i find sharks pleasant for whatever reason then you know i might find more pleasant thoughts associated with that right yeah Yeah.
0: and i I have i think that there's just a a, uh, dynamics the way that it's represented i think that it could go back to all sorts of different feelings or thoughts and I think that's the best part about it.
1: So just in case you guys didn't catch and you're catching us midway through, I am talking to Edmund Miracle, who is an artist and an educator. Um, And he currently has an art exhibit going on right now as we speak. And we're talking a little bit about his passion of art and where, where it has brought him from and where it has taken him to. Um, so next question, like, how did you get to where you are today where you're actually comfortable with displaying the thing that is very intimate to you? No matter, no matter what you say, I believe this too of my own work with my words is that your art is intimate. It is like you said before, it's between you and the art and once you deliver it to the general public. It's a total different ball game. So, um, how did you get to be where you are today, to where you feel comfortable showing your intimate display of work?
0: Well, first of all, I don't think that any artist is really that comfortable. They they, <laughs> they may feel that way, but when that work first goes up, no matter if you're highly celebrated working artist in New York or if you're in Midwest Ohio those feelings are still the same you feel the judgment you feel Mm -hmm. the the energy of the room you see the looks you 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 hear what people say so you can be 100% comfortable with it but still dreading having that interaction like you're you don't want to do you want the paintings or the work speak for you you don't want to have to like explain everything to everyone
1: so is that how you feel yeah
0: I I I 100% connect with that. I think that it's very nerve-wracking mm-hmm. to, to uh, lay yourself out like that. I mean, because yeah. it's really what you're doing, you know. Yeah. Nobody else has had that experience with you. You're the only one. Mm-hmm. You're, the, you're the one who's lived the past, whatever many, for me, 14 years of painting. Like, that all comes with that show. Like, mm-hmm. it just does. Like, it's inherently in everything. Mm-hmm. So, if someone ever asks me how long it takes me to do something, you know, it's it's been 14 years. And then that's a really big deal. Yeah. You know, that's my life, so. Yeah,
1: um, so in this moment, like what gave you the urge to finally lay it on out there? Like, because as any creator, like you said, that's your life being put on display. So there's elements of judgment, vulnerability, isolation even in some cases. What gave you the urge to finally get it out there? Like what, what courage did that take for you to do?
0: The, I think the urge uh, came from just wanting some sort of response from whatever I have been doing. Being being by yourself as a painter in your studio, even if you have friends who are artists and they come over and they talk to you, it's still, it still feels more just like a one-off conversation. So it's just you and, and the work. So getting it out there helps you to kind of clear clutter out of your own mind
1: so it builds clarity for you yeah has community or have uh you know people that you consider close people of your circle so your relationships like have have, has that played a part in it or like have you like found that being around um good community helped you with that or is it just purely an isolated thing that you have to reconcile with yourself
0: um i don't No one is, no one's pressuring, like Mm -hmm. saying, you know, you need to show your work or anything like that. Um, But then again, I think as an artist, if you're making something, I think it's hard to justify just making it for yourself and then putting it away in a closet Mm -hmm. and then somehow doing it again and again and again and again. And I, in the end, somewhat, I feel like you have to just get it out there and, I mean, I have people that I trust a lot that come to my studio and we talk about what's happening in the work, but never like, oh, you need to sell or you need to do any of those kinds of things.
1: So you're saying community is important for you, even as, even though you work on creating independently, like community is important for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the community is important. I think finding finding those voices that you can trust no matter what it is i think everybody is like scratching or pulling at something to hold on to to justify whatever they're doing you know whether that be your teachers or books or people you just admire that you don't even know all of those things come back to it and i I think that's something why you need to spend your time if you're if you're an artist you need to spend your time doing the research Looking back at other painters looking back at other just artists in general to get a sense of what they've done Where they've been like you're affected even if you don't know who they are as one of my favorite Artists would say uh, Philip Gustin when you're working in your studio There's you your teachers your friends Whoever a critic may be in your life and slowly one by one those people leave the room and you're just there working on the painting. and You're not thinking about anything that they care about. You're not judging it based on what Joe would say about my painting. But it's just you. And then in the end, the hope is, is that the painting just paints itself. And you, you really are just like a vessel for it.
1: There's so much beauty in what you just said. Um, because I think the power of relationships are so important for the creator. But um, just as you just said with Philip Guston was it Mm -hmm. when the lights go down and when it is just you and 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 the thing that you create some things are produced out of that rather that be just eliminating the criticisms eliminating the doubt eliminating the pressure eliminating whatever sort of negative self-talk that might be there and allowing the inspiration to come through like that's powerful that's powerful Um, And it allows you to create.
0: Yeah, and I think you have to somehow get to that place in in your life or just in your work because those people were important. And I I don't know if there's an equation to get there, but I really think that, like I've said before, the process of just working in your studio, like just showing up every day, putting in the time, even if you're just sitting there. You don't even have to be doing anything but just looking at whatever you've done because like half the work is just looking
1: yeah that's pretty pretty interesting thought tell us about a time where maybe your head told you something different than your heart you know that's what the midweek muscle is all about like aligning your head and your heart to overcome whatever obstacle might be in front of you so is there a moment that you can think of where your head told you something different than your heart.
0: Uh, related to me working, like as an artist, I think that that's just a consistent thing that happens. Like being an artist is a hard enough situation already, and then some people are not gonna understand why you're doing this. It doesn't make sense financially. That's for sure. It's very difficult to
1: <laughs> right to
0: to you know spend all this money on supplies mm-hmm. and then, you know, throw most of it away because you don't like it or just didn't work. So you, you constantly are, are battling, w- which way do I want to go? Do I want to, you know, spend a, a lifetime doing something that you really connect to, you really enjoy, but it doesn't make sense in terms of financial goals right now? Or, do I, do I throw all of that naysay away and I just continue to go? Like, I just, I just run with this idea. Like, this is, this is what I feel like I'm here to do for the time that I have. And this is what, what I have to do. At, at a certain point, I think that really comes down to it. Like, you make a decision in your life that I have to do this. Um, I, there's plenty of poetry or poets that talk about things like this um, where there can be rewards that you never knew existed. And how do you get there? I, I don't know. But you, and maybe this is kind of the coping thing where the art or the painting or whatever it is, is always there and you go back to it and it, it's, it's waiting for you. And it, it honestly doesn't care if you come back, but if you do, maybe it has something to give you.
1: Because in this moment, you're saying, I have a choice to make and that if I choose to run away from whatever it is that I'm passionate about, it will follow me and it will nag at you and it will provoke you until you come back to it.
0: Yeah, and I I don't wanna sound like I have anything figured out because I don't think that there are any direct routes to this in terms of, you know, do, you, do I want to do this? And then how do I make it happen? I think that there's hundreds of possibilities and many Agreed. many different ways to get to wherever mm-hmm. you want to be. But I feel really good about where I am. I think as many things, it can always be better. The dr- The dream that I have, the idea that I have, where it would be the most successful is that I could spend a lot of time painting and I wouldn't have to worry about the flip side of it, of the financials or anything like that because it gets to be a burden
1: yeah for sure and i think part of the reason why this was created is because this is a reality like the i I do not have the midweek muscle to create some facade that following in any sort of passion or following in any sort of um, purpose is financially rewarding or that it is um freeing or that it is it is not coming with this fair share share of hardships like whatever choices we make around following and purpose i think there is something freeing in and of itself of walking in your purpose but the reality of it is is there are financial ramifications around it there are um, personal vulnerabilities that come associated with it so these things challenge us so i think you talked about what those challenges were, like, but it doesn't seem as if it's stopped you, um, up to this point. So how, how, how does it motivate you? Like,
0: yeah, I think that that's a hard thing to connect to though, is how do you bring your energy to them, but not stifle in a way, not, not, not push you on them. Like it's a, it's a really hard thing to do as a educator because You want them to be them, but you also want them to learn certain things. So you have to try to balance between fun and between things you just have to do Mm -hmm. because you want them to be able to do a lot of things.
1: On their own, on their own recognizance. Like I, I feel that way too oftentimes when I go into the schools and I'm speaking to the students about whatever topic I'm talking to them about. It's like, I want you to have, I want you to know that you have your own choices. But out of those choices I want you to also understand that yeah, there yeah. are options.
0: Yeah. And you're kind of just in the simplest way I can think about it, sometimes you're just you're just the guide. Yeah. You're just taking people to like each little stop, saying like, here, look at this, here look at this, look at this. And then sometimes as as I, I well know from being uh, an undergraduate that sometimes it takes you longer to see those things. Like you're just not ready to hear it, you're just not ready to see it. And you have to, as as the teacher or professor, you have to be willing to wait those situations out and understand that it just takes some a little bit longer to get there. And it doesn't mean that it's any worse or better, but you just have to understand that. You can't expect some grade to make a difference to them. Like. An A or a b doesn't matter like they're they're still thinking that they're doing something that's right they just don't they don't have enough range yet they don't have the experience yet to understand what you're talking about. Maybe if I show someone someone that looks like them, whether it be a woman or someone of a, a different race like how do i how do I make that clear that you can be a painter too like it's just not all old white guys' paintings or. Now, did I just take a left turn?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, you're you're awesome. Um, I I guess I'm just trying to digest a lot of what you said because I know that you were taking the turn of students, but to me that was life principles. Yeah, like a lot of our listeners may not have gone to school and uh just in life it may take you a little bit longer to even get to that point or to get to the point of clarity or get to that point of vision or get to that point of action or to get to that point of commitment and it's like what a blessing to even have someone that cares to be a guide
0: yeah and there's there's a great book uh by Anne lamont called bird by bird and there's a um a little background on the book it's about being a writer and how do you make stories as a writer like Mm -hmm. and then there's like some it's like just her telling about a class she taught Mm -hmm. and there's a section in there where she talks about making or being an artist Mm -hmm. and not knowing like like you're not able to get there like you you can't see it yet and she compares it to driving at night so you know you're in your car driving at night and you can only see as far as your headlights go so 100 feet in front of you Mm -hmm. but you just keep trusting that you can see that 100 feet so you keep going the 100 feet and going 100 feet, and then you reach the destination, right?
1: Wow! I love that. Yeah. I love that, Anne Lamont. Yes. I love that. I love that. Wow, faith. That's that's faith walking. That's that's like walking not by sight, or maybe by a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have to have you have to have that, and
1: but you have to have a little bit of vision, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, you got to have that 100 feet. So the 100 feet is. <laughs> I is love your, that. Is your. Uh, <laughs> is your art history is your professors is uh your peers in your class like it's that's your gut that's your hundred yeah you're good your hundred feet is that and you just keep going like that kind of comes back to the process
1: that is right. excellent oh my gosh and people get people this is why i love these interviews because you i produce something i i get something new out of everyone who I talk to. And I think this is why this is so inspirational for me. And I hope you guys are feeling the love out there too. So last question, you know, we call the midweek muscle because we come to you in the middle of the week and we try to give you that extra encouragement to push through. So we talk a little bit about muscle moments from time to time. Tell us, here's your muscle moment. If there's one piece of advice that even just one listener could take away, Maybe it were advice to your younger self. What would that piece of advice be?
0: (laughs) My younger self?
1: Or Um, maybe to one listener, that could take something away. Like, and let's put this in terms of you being a creator, right?
0: I mean, I think that you just, you have have to find some way to keep going on. And I think you have to start with trying to find your group of people, whether, whatever that may be. Um, and having a good system like that in place definitely helps you for those days that are really difficult um, to go to the studio or just to, to keep pushing on. So I think that the one piece of advice is find your group, find your people, and keep going, Like keep going the 100 feet. I
1: love that, find your group. Find your people that challenge you too, right? Not just people that like say yes all the time. Yeah, Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, you don't want just the the group of yes sirs, yes ma'am.
1: So find your group, find your people, and keep going the 100 feet. That's awesome. That is so awesome. Like I'm over here just super giggly. That's awesome. So... I'm just, I'm speechless at this point. So, Edmund, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate everything that you gave and, and just really being vulnerable by sharing your story, or at least a fraction of your story with us. Um, as we mentioned before, you have an exhibit, an art exhibit going on right now. Tell I people do. how they can find your work.
0: I do. Um, well, you can see my work on my website, edmundjmiracle.net, E-D-M-U-N-D-J-M-E-R-R-I-C-L-E dot net. And you can also follow me on Instagram, at emiracle, E-M-E-R-R-I-C-L-E. And my current show is up at the Detroit Gallery, which is in Dayton, Ohio, at the Front Street Warehouses, and you can find the information on my website.
1: Yeah, y'all got it. You need to check out his artwork. I have a couple pieces of his artwork hanging in my house as we speak, and these bad boys are off the chain. Um, He is definitely an amazing artist, and I absolutely love his work. I love his words of encouragement, too. So y'all go ahead and check out this white chocolate up over here and uh show him some love uh share like or um follow him on any of his social media profiles and if you have any feedback commentary or just simply just have things to say or challenges or questions hit me up jay-z at themidweekmuscle.com you can also share like or follow us on instagram and facebook at the midweek muscle or you can follow us on twitter at midweek muscle Thank you so much for your time, Edmund.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, it is an honor and a pleasure, um, and we thank you for everything that we do. And good luck on your show. Ah,
0: thank you, thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, thank you, good people. Let's. You heard what he said. Like, get a group, get get some good people, and go the hundred feet. We will catch you guys next time. And until then, let's make it a great week. And let's go.